This podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check out the THN Patreon page to become a monthly supporter. And Omaha Bound. No one has more experience binding comic books into beautiful hardbound editions. Check out their work at OmahaBound.com. Thanks to Omaha Bound and stay tuned for an announcement about their Kickstarter for Paul Tobin and Phil Hester's Fringe series from Caliber Comics collected for the first time. Yes. Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Jolly devil. Welcome to THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, August 29th. My name is Matt Baum. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 10.30 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to wrap about the week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. You can call us at 402-819-4894. We drop the Zoom link into our tweeters and into the Facebook chat. You can leave a message at that phone number. If you can't be here live, you can also shoot an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com with your mp3. You can hit us at any time, or you can come play along live. Just chat in the Faces book. You can just pop right into our Zoom and watch. I ask that you turn your video off. That's my only question. My only ask, pardon me, it's not a question. And that's just for bandwidth stuff, and we don't need the camera bouncing around all over the place. Before we get started, one word real quick. There's been a lot of crazy shit in the news this week, and it almost seems silly to come on the internet and talk about comic books in the wake of that. But this is what we do, and we're, we're not going to stop, but we are aware of the world and what is going on. We support Black Lives Matter. We support all the athletes that boycotted this week. I think it's incredible that they are speaking out and taking a stand. And if you don't support that, don't listen to the show. I don't want to hear about it. I don't, I don't want you to at me and tell me that all lives matter and shit. Just go. Just quietly go. And that's fine with us. So, in the wake of that, let's get to some really sad nerd news. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, gosh. Uh, really unexpected. Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away uh, on Friday, August 28th, uh, at the young age of 43. According to reports, he'd been battling colon cancer since 2016, and he had filmed blockbusters like Black Panther, uh, two Avengers movies, uh, 42, Get On Up, uh, Marshall, and The Five Bloods in between chemotherapy treatments. Obviously, this was uh, kept secret, kept under wraps. Not a lot of people knew about it. Um, the report said he died at home with his wife and family, uh, but that's about all we know. And he, in fact... Uh, the last time anybody reported anything about his health was, I think, in July. Yeah. June or July. Yeah. Uh, when he was seen being wheeled into a hospital by his fiance. So they had just been, they had just gotten married. He'd been sick for four years. They got married and then he died. Um, super sad, super sad, unexpected news. Yeah. It's it, a brutal bummer. Well, and just, I think it is absolutely amazing that they were able to keep this quiet, as quiet as they did. It's incredible. The, the guy was going to chemotherapy and making movies on the side, and nobody out of that. Nobody came out and said a word. The amount of respect they had to have for this guy. And I realize that they can keep some of it quiet, of course. 
you can keep a lot of this quiet when you're working with your managers, stuff like that. But there's, there's assistants that are involved that knew stuff was going on, had to have known stuff was going on. And we didn't hear a word about this. I think that's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not as convinced as you that, that, that many people knew about it. I, I know that you think that like people on set had to know, but I don't know that they did. Um, I, I just, but it, it also, I don't really let the man have his privacy. I don't really care that it was a secret. I'm just, I just think it's incredible. It's just like, like, so it, it, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. It's crushing. Uh, but yeah, it's so, so sad. Yeah. Um, just crushing, absolutely crushing. And ugh, screw you 2020, by the way, <laughs> like, I'm done with this. I'm so done with this. Oh, you mean the year, not the, yeah, the news program. The year 2020. I'm done with it. <laughs> it's just one more thing in an incredible trash heap of a, of yeah. a year. But like, I don't really like I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Really. I know it was it, like, so last night we were watching uh, the new Bill and Ted's, which is fun. It's really cute. And uh, I just saw the second half of your text that said died of colon cancer. And I was like, oh, no, another old comic book creator died. I wonder who it is. And then I looked. I was like, what? Said it out loud. And Casey was like, no, no. And then immediately we both started looking. We're just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And yeah, right now is not the time to worry about Black Panther 2. So let's just can that. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like what? Like, I don't want to talk about. How does the MCU move forward? Right. I don't care. Let's just it, right now. That. I don't care. We don't need it. But yeah, let the man and his family have his privacy. Let's remember him for who he was. He's an incredible person. This is a guy that was dying of colon cancer and also like visiting kids in cancer wards after Black Panther and shit quietly. Like just an amazing person, an amazing actor. This is a incredible loss and ugh, just gutting. Absolutely gutting. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, there will be time to talk about the Marvel stuff soon enough. Sure. But yeah, right now it's just, it's just a shock. It's a shock and uh, yeah, bad news. Let's move a on. Bad to way to start the weekend. Let's move on to some absolute bullshit just to wash our minds of all the nightmare stuff that is happening in the world right now and talk about last week's DC fandom. Now all hell broke loose all weekend. It was the biggest thing ever. We were totally wrong about all the statements we made, how it wasn't going to be interesting. We we're going to be watching a bunch of PowerPoints for the most part. No, I don't think we were. I got, I got every bit of news I needed yeah. from DC fandom without having to watch a single second of it. Yeah, I kind of, so. I kind of did too. You know, like I, we, it was what it was. They leaked a bunch of you know video and trailer stuff, and we knew we'd be able to recap and watch that. There was very little comic book news, and we'll get to that in a little bit here. But in the wake of some of the cutbacks at DC and stuff, that is worrisome. <laughs> You know what I mean? But first, let's lead off talking about Wonder Woman, the 1984 trailer. We got our first look at the cheetah. Not everybody loves it. I think she was fine. I think, I mean, if you're going to do, do it, want? you have to go full cheetah. I was afraid it was just going to be like sexy Kristen Wiig is evil in a mean looking leather jacket. Like, no. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> listen, we should be grateful we're getting this CGI cheetah and not the golden age cheetah. Who was just a woman in a gold cat suit? Yeah, <laughs> with her face uncovered. Absolutely, I thought it looks great. Uh, it, we our first look at Cheetah was blurry and brief, so I'm reserving judgment on that part of it until we actually see more of the movie. Yeah, but I thought she was fine. I think Kristen Wiig is going to be great as the character. 
uh, as uh, as Barbara Minerva. Uh, I I thought the Chris Pine stuff with like the man out of time, except uh, <laughs> he's like parachute pants. Does everybody is everybody a pilot now? <laughs> you know where he's like trying on fanny packs and shit. <laughs> yeah, like that made me chuckle. Yeah, I'm totally on board with it. I just uh, this movie was supposed to come out months ago. Right. I, I have no idea when it's actually coming out. They may have given a date, but I have stopped paying attention to all dates. I think until, that's, I think you're safe to stop paying attention to all <laughs> yeah to all dates at this point. They kept telling me New Mutants is coming out right uh, every four months for three years, <laughs> and until yesterday, I was like, "That's bullshit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're lying. That's bullshit. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on what happens this weekend with Bill and Ted. And if it has a major, you know, like if it makes a shitload of money on home downloads and stuff, we may see a lot of this change. But for now, who knows? We'll see. Uh, This trailer, though, looked fucking awesome. I thought Wonder Woman looked fucking awesome. I like that they're going full cheetah. You have to go full cheetah if you're going to do it. I love the Kingdom Come armor with the wings. It's fucking rad. Looks Uh, awesome. Let me ask you. Did you pay to stream Bill and Ted, Matt? I did. Oh, all right. I absolutely did. We rented it on Amazon Prime because I wanted to give it money because I wanted to show this is a good idea and I support this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I really, I really want to see it. I, I really want to see, like, I'm even morbidly curious to see New Mutants, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Oh, if you saw New Mutants last night, please call in. I want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, Have you watched but, it yet? No. Oh, I haven't either. It's it's, it's out though. I didn't, I wasn't even aware. That, I forgot that it launched, didn't it? The 28th. It's, it's out in theaters. Oh it came God. out last night in theater yesterday That's right. in theaters. That's right. They refused to send out DVD screeners. They refused to send download links. I wonder why. Cuz it's means, so good. <laughs> oh, but even so like it, that's not the point. Like you want to wait till the day of release, fine. But they basically said if you want to review our movie, you have to pay for a ticket. Yeah. And go put yourself in danger in a movie theater. <laughs> and like, so the AV club was like, fuck that. We're not doing it. So, and you, it's not, they're not doing home, a uh, home release. No, I do not understand why these studios are not jumping at the chance yeah. to do this $20 rent bullshit. Absolutely stupid. Yeah. I, I mean, I paid 20 bucks for Bill and Ted. Didn't sweat it. 10 bucks for my wife and I. It was great. Even if I went to the movies by myself, which I do a lot to see the superhero movies. It would cost me more than $20. Yeah, definitely. So, like, yeah, I would have no problems renting Bill and Ted or even the shitty new Mutants movie. But, yeah, like, I want to see these movies. I'm not going to a theater to do it. Right. Okay, so, let's get back on track. We need to focus. Yeah, sorry. We, got, we, we went on a rant here. Uh, we also saw the first trailer, the first ever trailer for Matt Reeves' The Batman which means we got our first look at Robert Pattinson in action in the suit. It looks good. It looks the suit moves really well. Good. It looked good. <laughs> it looked really cool. Um, <laughs> there was a fat mobster in the movie or in the trailer that people were like, wait a minute. Is that the penguin? And if so, is that actually Colin Farrell under all that makeup? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was, it, people were like best makeup Oscar sewn it up you've already got it because yeah. he's unrecognizable <laughs> he absolutely is he looks fantastic 
It's like casting Eric Stoltz as as the as the Rocky Dennis <laughs> from the mask. It's like, why would you even bother with somebody that famous? Um, I really you talked about the way the suit moves. We we got like one very brief scene of Batman beating the hell out of somebody, and it happens very Those guys fast. Were in clown makeup, dude. Very I don't know what violent. That's about. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But the way he beat the hell out of that dude happened so fast and like so violent. And it, it was very reminiscent of uh, what they did with like Daredevil on the Netflix series where it's like, this is not flashy, sexy Kung Fu. This is just hurt somebody as quick as you can and put them down. And that was perfect. It was yeah. Perfect. And so they did, they did confirm that this is Batman year two. Right. Does not mean we're not going to get those dropping pearls again for the 18th time. Sure. But, you know. Uh, we also got a brief look at Zoe Kravitz in a sort of Catwoman outfit. It was more like a cat burglar outfit with little ears on it. Yeah. Paul Dano's Riddler. I, like at first, I was like, "Who's this serial killer?" But apparently, it's it's supposed to be the Riddler. Right. Uh, he does look scary. Yeah. And then we got a, like a nice little voiceover by Andy Circus as Alfred. I thought the trailer was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I thought it looked great. Absolutely great. It pushed all the buttons it needed to push for me. I'm not worried at all, but we weren't worried at all. I, I don't think a lot of people no, were. No, I, I think for the most part, everybody was pretty excited about this one. It was just finally cool to see him put the suit on, to hear him talk in the suit. You know, he's not, it's still a Batman voice. It's not the Christopher, you know, the Christopher Nolan death metal Batman voice, but <laughs> I no, don't know. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I mean, but it was, a, it was kind of a cheesy, like, like a, a callback to the Tim Burton 89 yeah. Batman where he's more like, who are you? More of a whispering kind of Batman. <laughs> I'm vengeance. <laughs> I'm vengeance. <laughs> and I immediately went, hi, vengeance. I'm dad. <laughs> but yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. The bat, I thought the Batmobile was cool. Like we saw those pictures of the Batmobile, but it had that one, like that atomic turbine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Atomic batteries to power turbines to speed. Yeah. Jetting out of the back. I was like, yep. All right. <laughs> it didn't have any fucking guns mounted on it. No, no 50 caliber <laughs> machine guns. It doesn't look like this Batman's going to be murdering people. But the good news is, and we'll get to this in a minute. We've got Ben Affleck to do that in the Justice League. Pardon me. Zack Snyder's Justice League miniseries recut by Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh, also, uh, you know, we we forgot to touch on this last week. He's coming back to play Batman in the Flashpoint movie. Yep. We're going to uh, get a bunch of Batfleck, man. He's going to be all over the place, apparently. So Just when he thought he was out. Exactly what I had called, and you were like, no, no, we'll see if he even comes back to do anything for the Justice League. Now we've got him in the Flash, too. But we'll get there. We'll get there. First... Let's talk about the Suicide Squad. We got yeah. our first look at this massive cast. And I have a list of the characters that they are playing in front of me. And I got to say, <laughs> I'm pretty damn shocked at what I'm seeing. And when you have a list with characters like the Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2, uh, Weasel, Javelin, The Thinker, <laughs> They're going to kill a lot of these uh, characters. Right? I mean, I'll tell you what, other than <laughs> other than Harley Quinn, uh, I think that the thinker might be the most famous comic book character on this list. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. When we first saw the uh, when we Captain first saw Boomerang, I suppose John Cena as the peacemaker, everybody was like, is that Orion? And we're like, nope, that's not Orion. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I actually had a conversation on Twitter with uh, our old buddy Dave Golbitz uh, from uh, our Krypton days, and he's like, "Why is John Cena dressed up like Orion from the New Gods?" And I and I said, "He's not. He's dressed like the Peacemaker." Right. He's like, "Who the fuck is the Peacemaker?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I mean, that's a fair question. <laughs> uh, so we've got. Um, some other characters here. We, we finally, like, we knew some of this already. Peter Capaldi's the thinker. Uh, Michael Rooker, who played uh, Yondu in the Guardians movies, is playing Savant, who is a character created by Gail Simone in her Birds of Prey run. Oh, that's Savant. Okay. Yes. Savant is a huge, buff, handsome uh, criminal genius. And Michael Rooker looks like a washed up hair metal. <laughs> lead singer from the 80s he's had some tough times yeah um (laughs) idris elba is playing bloodsport not bloodshot or deadshot i should say um bloodsport is a character created by john byrne in the 80s um and then they've they've had a couple different versions uh viola davis is back as amanda waller jai courtney's back as captain boomerang uh joel kinnaman is playing rick flag and at first, I was like, Joel Kinnaman sucks when uh, I saw the first uh, Suicide Squad movie. Joel Kinnaman. Was he Rick Flagg? I don't think he was Rick Flagg. It was no. Scott Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. It was Scott Eastwood was Rick Flagg. Um, but I watched the, uh, the, uh, the Amazon adaptation of Hannah uh, since this came out. I love, I personally. And I, Joel Kinnaman is amazing. I have loved Joel Kinnaman in just about everything he's been in. I really yeah. like that actor. He was really good in Altered Carbon. He was really good in, um, oh God, Netflix series about the president that we can't talk about anymore because Kevin Spacey's a terrible person. House of Cards. Thank you, House of Cards. He was running against Kevin Spacey. He's a fantastic actor. I like him. Yeah, I think I was just confusing him with some other guy. You know who's not a good actor? Scott Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Eastwood, no, he's terrible. Scott Eastwood is not a good actor. Um, uh, David Dostomalkian uh, plays Polka Dot Man. You will remember him as the uh, uh, kind of Eastern European sidekick from the Ant-Man movies. Love him. A friend of the show, The, Bob, the Baba the Yaga guy. We reviewed his comic. And, yes, uh, it's great. He, he was thrilled. <laughs> and he it was, was very good. Uh, Daniela Melchior is playing Ratcatcher 2, not Ratcatcher 1. Nope. That's important. Important distinction. <laughs> uh, Steve Steve Agee is the voice of King Shark, and they had a couple of behind the scenes photos of him in his ridiculous padded yeah. mocap suit. Yeah, <laughs> and it made me very happy because he's got like this he's got like this catcher's mitt style cage, uh, sh- or ca- uh, catcher's mask style cage shaped like a shark head on his real head. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it does look like they're gonna go full James Gunn. And oh, yeah, I mean, they know what they're getting, obviously. And they're like, let's have some fun with this A complete departure from the first Suicide Squad film, which was dark and just awful and <laughs> like impossible to follow. If this is just going to be like, look, we put them together on this weird mission. John Cena is the bad guy, is the peacemaker, and he's going to kill 99 percent of these characters. Obviously, Harley Quinn's going to get out. OK. I'm yeah. fine with that. In fact, if Harley's the only one that lives, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Probably fine, yeah. Uh, there are a couple of surprises here, though. Like, um, uh, th- There's an actress, uh, Mei Ling NG. I'm sorry, I don't know how you pronounce that last name. Um, 
she's playing Mongal, the sister of Mongol. Yeah, they're having some fun here. Mongal's not a real character, right? Yes, she is. Oh, absolutely. God, of course she is. Oh, God. Yes, Mongal. <laughs> um, uh, Flula Borg, who is a Ger- I can't tell if he's actually German or if it's just his shtick, but I love him so much. I'm guessing by the uh, name, he's actually German. <laughs> well, but I mean, that could that might not be his name. I don't know. Uh, okay. He's playing Javelin. Uh, Nathan Fillion is, uh, they're calling him TDK. I don't know what that means, but he is fucking arm fall off boy. Yeah. From the Legion of Superheroes. Right. And like, are, are they going to introduce that idea here? Is that what they're doing? I mean, I don't think they're going to touch on any Legion stuff, but like what? I don't know. This is just, James Gunn. So who knows? Uh, yeah. But I'm just saying like you, you've already gone a 90% of the way. Just call him arm fall off boy. Oh, GD got a catch uh, is suggesting that it might stand for the dismemberment kid. That's not bad, which is pretty good. And I hope it's I kind of hope it's true. That's not bad. Yeah. Maybe he came uh, back in time and he's like, well, I need to fit in with society. So instead of arm fall off boy, I will call myself the dismemberment kid. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to pretend in my head that he's from the future, just like we used to pretend uh, that that deaf guy that came to Krypton to buy up all of our bad girl stock was from the future. <laughs> and he was trying to preserve ancient historical documents. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and he just didn't speak English. He wasn't deaf. He did, he spoke interlac, which right, right, is why right. he just never talked. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think this movie looks incredible. I can't wait. I can't wait. It looks like, yeah, the big dumb fun suicide squad movie we should have had. Now let's get on to the big one. The Snyder cut teaser trailer and mini series reveal. Now stop calling this a trailer. It's not a trailer. It is a music video with a bunch of scenes in it, basically. And it's not even a good music video. No. He reused Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah yes. that he used in Watchmen. Come and, on, man. okay. Not to mention the fact I get it. It leads off with Dark Side. They are not going to replace the main bad guy. Steppenwolf is still going to be your main bad guy. We're just getting a glimpse of Darkseid. Settle down, everyone. Yeah, and Desaad is going to be there, too. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's like there's just there's simply not enough. There's not enough content that exists no. for them to uh, turn Darkseid into the main villain. Right. I mean, there's just not. We're going to get a glimpse of it. Whatever. Was there anything in this? music video we'll call it that excited you that made you more excited for justice league than you were before no me either nothing there was it's still the it's still the same justice league world that i don't care about with characters that are dour and dark and sad all the goddamn time and driving around in a vehicle that with machine guns on it and you know i like standing by helplessly while people are murdered because you know what else can superman do i i just don't care i don't care and i don't think there's anything that he can do other than blowing this movie up and making it all over again a 100 from the ground that's gonna excite me i don't care um i do i think i did hear and i don't know if this is true or not but uh i think i did hear that they may have been able to replace all the hair lip superman scenes with actual scenes of Henry apparently Cavill, they're going to fix footage that. of henry cavill apparently they're going to fix that uh which I, I, at least i'll admit is nice yeah <laughs> but yeah, if nothing else yeah look no i don't care for four hours 
it's going to come out on HBO Max in four one-hour chunks. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, there was a report that said uh, when DC or Warner Brothers suggested that Scott Snyder make his Justice League movie two hours, he laughed at them. And I just don't understand yeah. why he thinks that this is his magnum opus. Well, I think he thinks it because a lot of people on the internet told him it was. There are a lot of bros out there I that want to. Yep. Like they're they're I think he's, feeding into his own mania. He's drinking his own Kool-Aid, if you will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, next up, uh, well, let's just give a brief mention here uh, to the Black Adam movie, which revealed almost nothing. No trailer, no images of actual actors in costume. Uh, but we did get was a release date. Of December 22nd, 2021. And a really cool motion comic. What are you talking about, dude? You're right. (laughs) Uh, And kind of a big uh, bombshell that the Black Adam movie will be uh, featuring the JSA, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, We we already knew that Adam Smasher was going to be in the movie, played by Noah uh, Centineo. Uh, But they also announced that it'll have Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone, who is the, um, in the comics, she's the granddaughter of... uh, of Ma Hunkle, the original. Uh, oh, that's right. Red Tornado. So do you think that means period piece? Um, you like something in the past? I think it'll have lots of stuff in the past because Dr. Fate and Hawkman are very closely tied to the origin of Black Adam. Right. So, yeah, I think that we'll get some ancient Egypt stuff at the very, at a very, at a minimum. But I mean, like when he's fighting the JSA, do you think the JSA is going to be in the past or do you think it's modern day <sighs> JSA? Cause I find it hard to believe that they would kind of do both JLA and JSA modern day. This leads me to believe that like this could be set during world war two or right before world war two or something. Well, I mean, I think it'll be a prequel to Shazam for yeah, sure. Most definitely. Um, but I guess I don't know. I guess it doesn't really mean anything uh, because they make character changes all the time. But Adam Smasher and Cyclone are legacy characters. Right. Um, in the modern day. So I, that's kind of what just made me assume it was present day. But you might be right. Yeah, I, uh, I have I, a feeling. All I know for sure is that like whatever Zack Snyder's doing is in a world of its own. Definitely. Uh, one thing I did appreciate about all the movie news is that uh, is that they basically said this is the DC movie multiverse. And yeah. so it doesn't matter how things fit. There's room to have, you know, your Aquaman and your Wonder Woman taking place in a vague Justice League-ish world. You can also have Matt Reeves, the Batman. It's also a nice way to say it's our fault for not making it all fit. Okay, we screwed it up and now you have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? No, I will say like, even in the motion comic from what we got, like that picture, if, if what they do in the end of that, where you see the rock wearing the armor, you know, and like the Cape and the lightning, if that's what he looks like. Fantastic. You know, this is sort of like the new mutants movie in the sense that like, they've been talking about it for what feels like decades. Right. And until I see, like just just one actual picture of the rock in costume. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna believe that it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too. I'm not too worried about this one. I think he's the kind of guy that like even if they just put him in a leotard, he's gonna look fucking awesome. <laughs> so he's a big ripped up dude. Let's skip this video <laughs> game stuff and get to the only comic book news we got. 
Milestone is definitely returning this time. DC at They the, really mean it. Yeah, during the DC Comics Surprise panel, and I think it was surprise, we're still making comics. It was announced that Milestone Comics <laughs> is being revived alongside a new Static Shock comic and a potential movie. An all-new digital comic will be released in February 2021 followed by an original graphic novel. As part of the revival, Milestone Comics will be releasing classic issues in digital format starting in September 2020. All of this runs very close to the news that we heard that DC is going to be dialing back a lot of production of floppies, leaning more into digital, leaning more into their book lines or graphic novels and stuff like that leads me to wonder, is Milestone returning to the regular DCU? Is it going to be a series of YA graphic novels? This doesn't sound like it is a return to traditional floppy Milestone comics. Well, I mean, they're doing them digital first. They're doing, right. they're doing them digital first, and then they will release in print. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be set in the Marvel, in the DC universe. I, I hope not. I kind of hope not. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem I think with it. Milestone, I think Milestone works better when it can shine on its own. And every time they try to put like Icon is a potential member of the Justice League. Yeah. Like he's 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 overshadowed by the by the actual character, the iconic characters. So like, real quick, lay out what Milestone is for those who, who don't know. So Milestone was an imprint of DC created in the 90s, uh, largely by uh, black writers and artists like Dwayne McDuffie, uh, Christopher Priest, uh, guys like that. And uh, Chris Cross was in there uh, for a bit. It was basically like versions of characters that you know, like Superman and Iron Man and, and things like that. Right. But they were primarily uh, characters of color. So we're talking about black and brown men and women. There was a lot of LGBTQ stuff in there. And so like we had hardware who was kind of an Iron Man analog. Uh, yeah. Like what if Iron Man was Superman kind of thing? Well, no, he was Iron Man. Icon was Superman. Oh, that's right. Uh, Icon. And, and then like Icon had a sidekick named Rocket and she had pregnant. Uh, she got pregnant. And so it was like a teen pregnancy thing. <laughs> and she uh, had pregnant powers. <laughs> yeah, pregnant powers. Uh, so it was, uh, they did a lot of like social, they, they tackled a lot of social issues, racial issues. Uh, and uh, Static, of course, was like their marquee character. Right. Uh, who is still around today. They keep making cartoons of him. Um, uh, they call him Static Shock now. Back in the day, he was just called Static. He wore a ball cap and he flew around on a manhole cover. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. He like, it's sort of like a <laughs> urban silver surfer kind of thing. It was cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, sort of. Um, and yeah, like the production value and the level of quality of the art and writing was fantastic. Yeah. Milestone comics from the 90s are some of the best comics produced in that decade. And they've tried and failed to revive it a number of times. We're talking they like came 10 years now, right? This has they been came close. They came close a while back. I think we were doing the podcast at the time. They did that prestige uh, miniseries milestone returns or, or, or something like that. Right. They just ended up fizzling out. And so this seems like a, a real, like they're making an effort. They're really putting an effort behind this. And I don't think the digital aspect of it, has anything to do with Milestone. I think it's more to do with, I think DC's new focus is going to be on original digital content. Yeah. It's going to, I think they're, I think they're shifting that way. That seems to be where the tide is taking them. 
I get it. And again, we talked about this last week and I get it. And, and that's fine. And if it's a way to test interest and it gets stuff off the ground and we get comics because of it, that's good. That's more creators working. That's more people yeah. reading comics. That's, yeah. that's creations and characters that might not otherwise, you know, getting a nod and getting a chance. So good. It's better than here is 75 multidimensional versions of Batman. You know, I mean, which yes, tired of that. Absolutely right. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of JD, reminded me of something in the Zoom chat. Uh, they also announced de- details of the John Ridley Batman book that we touched on last week. It's m- most likely going to star Luke Fox. Yeah, which was the big five G rumor. That yeah, that was the whole like. They're going to they're going to make Batman black and everybody freaked out like settle down. <laughs> there is something happening. Yes. Right. But that was a 5G rumor that Bruce is so going to die like, or something or quit being Batman. And Lucius Fox's son, Luke, was your new Batman. Or it's set in a, or it's set, you know, slightly in the future. And Batman's retired or whatever. We don't know the details of that story. Uh, we do know it's going to be 12 issues. And uh, it, yeah, it's it's interesting that this is coming back now because I don't know if this means DC is moving forward with their generations idea yeah, or if they're just doing this John Ridley thing. Yeah. Or if they're gently doing both, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we had some plans and we'll just put some of it out here and we'll put the rest out there. And there it came out. We did it. Everybody loved it, right? Yay! <laughs> Generation thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's gonna be good. John Ridley is a phenomenal writer. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Let me ask you this. Uh, if this is the only place we get Luke Fox, do you think that's okay? I'm not as current on Batman. I'm I'm not current enough on Batman to know whether or not Luke Fox has been around. I'm current enough. And, uh, yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he's popped has up. Has Batwing been around? He's Batwing, right? Well, he was the signal too, wasn't he? No, that's, uh, Oh, you're right. He wasn't the signal. Uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Duke Silver, but that's Ron Swanson from. Yeah. yeah his name was Duke something though. I can't remember. He was one um, of, from the pages of we are Robin. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a different character. Luke Fox, was the second Batwing. He, uh, the first, the first Batwing was an African man, uh, a member of Batman Incorporated, yeah. the Batman of Africa. Yes. Uh, and then when they kind of rebooted the book, Luke Fox took over. Luke Fox is not bumping around the pages of either book right now. That doesn't necessarily mean something is going to change. But if it's only in this book, if it only happens here, is that cool? Are we all right with that? Well, if we're not getting him elsewhere, then what does it matter? I just if, like, I, I mean, I guess that's true. I don't know. I just think if they were going to take this chance and go for it hundred percent and let's do it, but just doing it like in one book where it's a special that may or may not have anything to do with anything, I, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, I think that that was kind of what was suspected all along was the idea that these five G books with all of these rumored rep- replacements like John Kent taking over right. as Superman, Luke right. Fox, taking over, like, I don't think these were ever going to replace the mainline books. So no, yeah, I like they're never with whatever is going on with Batman right now, whatever's going on at DC right now, they are never going to stop putting out regular looking Batman books. Yeah, that's true. I mean, of course, because they sell more than anything else on the stands. So and they're terrified that if they don't, they'll go out of business. Get ready for more of them. As a matter of fact, that's enough of listening to us prattle on. 
let's reset our question of the week and then uh, let's take some let's take some calls and some zooms. If you're in the zoom, we ask that you keep your video off, but raise your hand. See what JD Ketch is doing? He's got his hand raised. I'm not sure how to do it, but I think you just go to your name and you click more and it's right there or something. So raise your hand if you want to talk. We'll get you in. We're going to open the phone line as well. 402-819-4894. We'd love to talk to you I don't guys. see no raise hand button, but maybe it's because I'm a host. It's probably. You don't have to raise your hand because you're in here already. So I guess. Reset that all question. Right. All right, all right, all right. This week's question was submitted by our good friend and lawyer, Ryan Forrest. What's your favorite on-screen superhero or villain? Thanks to the guy on Facebook who uh, had a villain answer that I didn't think of including. Uh, your best on-screen superhero or villain entrance. Super character. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Comic book character entrance. Yeah. Uh, so it, Ryan's example would was a uh, Wonder Woman emerging from the trench uh, in uh, during the No Man's Land of the No Man's Land scene of the Wonder Woman movie. Steve Rogers coming out of the pod and then immediately going after that Hydra agent in Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And we're going to do it right now. 402-819-4894. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can scroll back a little bit and I will drop the Zoom link in there again. I ask, keep your video off. right back and get into your calls but first a word from our sponsor we wanted to tell you about omaha bound's latest kickstarter project omaha bound are premier book binders that specialize in binding comic books into amazing one-of-a-kind hardbound editions completely customizable to your specifications Omaha Bound's latest project is a collection of Paul Tobin and Phil Hester's Fringe, originally printed by Caliber Comics in the 1990s and reprinted for the first time collected ever. Oh, by the way, the series never ended, but now you can read the end. This new reprint includes a newly written ending to the story, new spot illustrations by Hester accompanying the new ending, new cover by Phil Hester, and an introduction by Zach Davison. We're going to have a link in the show notes to their Kickstarter where you can see preview art and more. These trade paperbacks are ready to print and are print by order only. So they will be very limited. So you pledge if you want to own this beautiful collection of early work by Tobin and Hester. You will also get a copy of the Fringe Pencils and Inks. It's a companion piece that has 100 plus pages of original art, sketches, and other artifacts. It's printed in full color. And like I said, they are ready to print. So you order this and boom, it's shipping right out to you. Plus, you'll also get a copy of the Wretch Omnibus, which collects every Wretch storyline, including a new one by series artist Phil Hester that he did in 2019 and the Wretch Pencils and Inks art book. Go check out their Kickstarter. Get in on four exciting, beautifully curated hardcovers, printing, fringe, and the Wretch for the first time with new content. I want to send a huge thanks to Omaha Bound for supporting this show and go support these guys. Contact them if you want to get your hands on these unique collectibles or you want to get your comics bound into a one-of-a-kind hardcover collection. I know on their website they had an X-Factor collection all lined up and the spines lined up with the team showing the, oh, the Larry Stroman X-Factor stuff that I love so much. 
You can find them at omahabound.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingo. Good morning, Brian. How are we today? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing real well. Very excellent. Thank what do you, you want to rap much. about, more importantly? Um, I got a, a, kind of a lot of topics because a lot of things have changed in the last 12 hours. But uh, the um, I thought Fandome, um, I, when we talked about it last week, I was like, oh, I'll just catch up later. But I ended up kind of being stuck in the house for the day with my um, youngest. And so I had it on like my iPad and just like in the kitchen okay. and walking by and, you know, doing dishes and cleaning up. And like, I watched a good chunk of it because um, it was just there and I thought it was pretty well done. Like the um, it's a lot of content. Um, and I thought the suicide squad stuff was good. Um, like the, the footage um, I, I liked the, li- I mean, the panels are always goofy, but that's, I mean, that's what you would be sitting through it any, you know, at Ocon or Comic-Con or whatever, sure, sure. um, then they got to do something to fill the time before they show you the 90 second video. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, that stuff, like you see, they had everyone there. I mean, I think they had 18 people and they're all, a lot of them are like pretty major stars. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, and, um, yeah, everything was, was good and interesting. And, um, I thought like, I'm, I'm looking forward to the one in September and whatever they do with the comics. And I hope that's, um, packed with good news i definitely think they did a much better job on this than comic-con did than san diego did oh yeah san diego just felt like you were invited to watch some presentations or whatever this did like was it truly interactive and all that no but it did feel a little slicker it moved better it i will say it felt a little bit like the republican national convention in the fact that like it wasn't the train wreck i thought it was going to be like you know it kind of it moved i didn't agree with anything he said but it it moved <laughs> you know like it, it, in the sense like yeah weird it's a weird thing but i i thought like i liked the the variety of moderators like the hosts that they had the in between you know like these people from all over the world and yeah. like a lot of the questions were like people from not america and like yeah. it really felt like an inclusive thing where it was like oh they're they're looking at their fans across the planet not just like the people in the room who had the money to get a hotel in San Diego comic-con, you know, right. like it, it's, it felt like this is a big open thing. And then they would do like, here's a bunch of artwork that was sent in by fans. Here's some cosplay stuff. Like it, it was, and it was pretty snappy. I mean, there were some things that lagged a little bit, but sure. you know, I mean, it was, that's, there's not much mostly, you can do about that. And when, in this format, when you're doing it live and I mean, not live, but you're pumping it out segment by segment in right. different places. I think they did about the best job they could. And I think we're going to see more of this. I, yeah, I think I this think was so. kind of, I think they set the gold standard for how to do a virtual convention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, agree. you know, I, I think a nice balance would be if we were doing an actual Comic-Con, we would have like creator panels, you know, right. way more comic book stuff. But this was DC's. This was just DC tooting their own horn. Um, but I think that they probably showed a lot of these uh, larger convention organizers how it can be done. The tough part is, though, I think if you are doing a comic book show, that's where it's going to get really difficult because you don't have major stars that are sitting down that you know on panels and shit that are very well spoken and funny and instantly recognizable. You don't have a video trailer that everyone is waiting to see for the next X title or something. 
I think that can get really tricky. You know, why not though? Like Marvel puts out trailers for their comic books all the time. I mean, I suppose, but it's not the same as a movie trailer. No, of course they, it's they not would the same, have to. Uh, you know, like I'm thinking about it. If they did a 15 minute segments, you know, like you can't do an hour with like the Superman books. Like right. it's just that would get yeah, boring. Right. But like real quick, tight things, like yeah, showing off some variant covers. Like here's a thing. Here's here's a preview from something like a sketch from six months from now. Totally you know, like agree. Teasers. Like, totally agree. You know, like that that would that would be doable. And um and yeah, I mean, I would rather do that like i mean i've they have cons in boston and they're i've never been to a panel where i'm like oh that was a good panel like they're they're crap like they're whatever it's right just, it's, it's, they are what they are there's the people it's it's the vip signature 250 you know thousand dollar ticket so that you can get a picture yeah. with george decay you know sure. like that's why people that's sure. what they're they're everything else is filler for that crap so um yeah they they could do this twice a year once a year and, yeah. and you know and do a good job. Um, so for the question of the week, I misread the question. Um, and I thought it was for like on screen, like in comic, like appearances, like someone comes out of the dark. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, um, I'm rereading, um, justice league, the JLA, uh, Morrison and Porter thing. And that book is like packed with like awesome, like someone's here, you know, like these like sudden cool. And they're all earned and they're all like, amazing and like these little teeny things and um and they're not even like necessarily cliffhangers it's like you turn the page and, and john jones is there and yeah when he's been on like hiatus he's like he's like oh sorry i'm back um the counteroffensive has begun and it's like yeah john's gonna save the day like we're, oh, yeah. they're good this is gonna be easy um well morrison so and porter really, i think I, we're getting paid by the character as well i don't think it was the word or the page right. <laughs> because like I, uh, those books I were groceries. loaded <laughs> I ordered groceries online last night to pick up this morning and uh, I was looking at something and something fine print priced by weight, not by quantity. And I think that's kind of how JLA was. (laughs) It's like, oh man, this book is, this book feels heavier than it did last (laughs) month. Morrison was like, I'll tell you what, don't pay me by the page. You pay me by the character yeah. that shows up and watch what happens. <laughs> and they're like, all right, how much is that going to cost? Awesome. Jesus Christ, we going, have a million dollars? <laughs> going through like like Rock of Ages and like that where Kyle's, he's talking to Moat, who's like the like the, the shrinking massive superhero. And he's oh, talking yeah, about the, all these yeah, things. And, and they have like, they have like, yeah, Wonderworld. And he's got like that little three-dimensional universe. It's like a baby universe. Yeah. And like, and they're like, oh, if we take care of that, it will grow and it will be a thing. And Kyle's like, what is that? And like, that's what he did in JLA Classified. Like that was the living universe later. And it's like, oh, like he figured this thing out. Like, oh yeah. It's Graham Morrison. Wheels within like, wheels, man. He's crazy. Stuff, it's so fun. It's, it's awesome. Um, but because it, the question was about um, movie things, um, and the awful news about um, Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther and all that. Um, I read that last night at like 11 o'clock and I just like sat up in bed and was like, oh my God, like I am floored and heartbroken and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but two, um, one of the things that I've seen and, um, and I saw back a long time ago, but the, the footage from him on The Tonight Show where they did people... Um, mostly black people talking to um, giving like a testimonial about what they thought of the movie and how, you know, excited they were and, and impressed and, and honored. And then 
he and Jimmy Fallon, I wish Jimmy Fallon wasn't in the clip, but they're watching them talk. And then Chadwick like comes out and surprises them. Um, and it's just yeah. like this amazing like thing where they're just like blown away and he's excited and happy and like, you know, a little embarrassed, but at the same time proud. And it's like this really important thing. And yeah. it's so um, it's like watching those things. Like at first it's just like, as a human being, I'm like, Oh God, that's terrible. And then, you know, he's a little older than me. I'm like, Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And like all the stuff and no, and thinking about what he went through his entire career that we've known him has yeah. been, he was horribly sick, basically suffering then, for the entire, like the entirety of his fame. He was basically suffering. It, it, yeah. It's like crazy. The, the, the fact that he went from like those, there, there's a, uh, a transcript of some interview he did where it's, they're asking him about, having to like bulk up and shrink down and bulk up for all these different things. And, um, for like civil war and then like shrink down for 42 and then bulk back up for black Panther. And, and they're like, Oh, this must've been really difficult for you. And he's like, you have no idea. And someday yeah. like, I'll, I'll talk about it. And yeah, it's, it's like, it's one thing when like what he was talking about when like, you know, uh, I don't know anybody, any actor bolts way up or gets really skinny for a role. Now imagine you're sick. Now imagine you have yeah. cancer too. I will say like, if you watch the five bloods, he looked exceptionally skinny in that movie, like towards the end when he's in his fatigues and like the cut off sleeves and stuff. I, I went back and watched the end of it again last night after reading this. It was like, yeah, he was sick. He was definitely sick. No question. And man, it's just such a loss. It's a, Brian, we, we got some other people that are trying to get in. So I'm gonna let you go, man. Thank you for your call. I, I think we forget it's easy to forget like the cultural touchstone that was black Panther and like what that did. It, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And not just that. I mean, the guy was played Thorogood Marshall. He played Jackie Robinson, you know, like this dude James was Brown had quite a run for his short time in Hollywood. And ugh, it's just such an awful loss. Yeah. Like I just, I just so happened to, to watch that James Brown movie, uh, get on up. He starred as James Brown and it the, was great. And I, w I watched it last weekend and he was incredible. Yeah. He was incredible. And not a song like, and dance guy either. Chadwick Boseman's not like from musical theater background. He just learned yeah, that I, shit like, I don't, and laid uh, it down. You know, I feel like that they may have, he may have lip synced. I, um, I'm not saying it was his voice, but I'm just saying he was dancing yeah, yeah. and he was moving around. But you no, know, like it was, it was a, a seamless transformation. Yeah. And, you know, he's done that in almost all of his roles. Yeah. It, like, when was the last time you just, you saw a movie where he's just like, I, it's Chadwick Boseman. Right. of Like complete chameleon. No doubt. Um, all right. I'm going to unmute JD. Got a catch. He's been waiting patiently. JD, you're unmuted, sir. Can you hear us? I can. There he is. God, hello. Hello. Such fidelity <laughs> too. This is, this ain't no phone call. This sounds great. <laughs> what do you it's almost like I'm a it's almost like I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> almost. What do you want to rap about today, buddy? I mean, let's not get crazy. Yeah, don't go, don't uh, get all up in yourself there, kid. All right. Um, but yeah, so uh you know, I had a different answer of the week uh before this morning. <laughs> and it was actually a movie he's in. Um my 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 first answer was gonna be uh under ruse from Civil War. Oh, yes. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Love that. That Yeah, that but, entrance really was. Ooh, man, that was good. 
And like, but we I all think, knew it was coming too. There was yeah. no shock. Like everybody was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, it just happened. You know? <laughs> oh, it had been, and it had been in the trailer for yeah. like, what, a year? But, but it's still, it's still <laughs> yeah, totally right. hit. And everybody in the, that was in the theater with me was just like, yay, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, thinking and hearing uh, Brian talk about it too, I think for me, uh, and it's not even a, his first. It's not even a first appearance. It's just him kind of coming on screen and preparing. But I, it's uh, in uh, Infinity War when he shows up with the Wakandan army and they line up and they have that Umbambe chant. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, Every you time might. I hear that, I just get goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, definitely. just up and down my yeah. arms, and it's oh, just what that. this was. Was, this was just such a a week of coincidences for me with having watched the James Brown movie. Like I said, um, yesterday, yesterday morning, uh, hour, hours before the news came out, uh, I got caught up on Empire. Where uh, and there's a conversation between Shuri and Ben Grimm, where he's talking to her about the chant. Oh. Uh, and, oh yeah, yeah. Was- and he says, "Does that mean what I think it means?" And she's like, "What? You don't speak Zosha or whatever uh, it was called their Zosha. language?" Um, and he's like, "No, nah, I left my uh, universal translator in my other pants." <laughs> and uh, she says, yeah, "Basically, it means like uh, hold the line or hold fast." Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he and she says, "Well, what do you what did you think it meant?" And uh, he says, "Well." Obviously, I thought it meant it's clobbering time, and then they, <laughs> and then they fucking wreck a bunch of Kotati. Yeah, <laughs> and like I was, that was such a wonderful, endearing moment uh, in that otherwise just kind of silly event. And then, like hours later, Chadwick Boseman was dead, and I was like, yeah. Jesus H. Christ! I know. It's it's interesting about that. I haven't read that scene in Empire yet because it's not at the lake house, but it's interesting because I knew that's what that 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 chant met because I looked it up after Endgame or after uh, Infinity War, because mm-hmm. uh, years ago, back when I lived down in Kansas, um, I worked with someone from Africa who spoke Tosa. Oh. And she taught me some of how to say things like, and I'm not going to try it because it's super insensitive because I can't do it well at all. Right. But, uh, Tosa, uh, the first syllable in Tosa is actually the click. Right. Is the tongue click. Okay. Uh, so, and, but I just think my point of that is I just think it's really cool that in Black Panther, instead of making up a Wakandan language, they used actual African languages. Oh yeah. That was a choice that they, they said like, look, we're, we want to set this like very Afro future, you know, sci-fi, mm-hmm. but we want it to be Africa. Yeah. This is going to be Africa. And that was really cool. And that, yeah, it's so cool because, you know, like had this movie been made in the eighties or something. Oh yeah. They've been like, well, now in Africa, everyone speaks with a British accent to show that we are from the future, you know, coming like to America. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> sure, like coming yeah. to America, for example, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's hard and we're not even that far removed from it, but it's hard mm-hmm. to like, even understand like what a cultural touchstone that movie was and how important he was to that role. It's just crazy. Well, uh, yeah, and I think it was one of the things that really launched us into the idea of really understanding how much representation matters. Yeah. 
uh, Especially when how much how much representation matters when it is done well. Right, right. But I mean, just let's not like let's not downplay the fact that this is one of the first times that people of color have seen a Marvel superhero on screen that they you know that's yeah. the hero that they like. You know, we take for granted that we've been seeing ourselves up there on the screen forever. Absolutely. Yeah. The blonde haired, you know, blue eyed, white guy, you know. You know, I think hey, about it because just like uh, my uncle I was listening or- to I was listening to one of those mythical other comic podcasts that don't exist. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> and, about. And uh, I mean, not for nothing. I'm not gonna name it here because I'm probably not gonna listen to it anymore because they were talking about the Luke Fox Batman. And one of the hosts was like, Well, if they replace if they replace Bruce Wayne with some black kid, I'm not, I'm not reading the book anymore. I mean, look, whatever, that's his choice. I'm not saying I agree with him and that's his choice and that's fine. I I was was talking a little bit about Luke Fox, (laughs) Luke Fox earlier. I was talking about to Joe, if DC only drops him in this special book as Batman, Mm -hmm. like in a near future or kind of like a mirror universe or whatever. I just think that's a complete, I think it's complete fucking cop out. I think yeah. there's no reason why we couldn't have a black Batman for a while. There isn't. Oh. How many times have we had a replacement Batman? I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you there, Matt, but this isn't I don't think it's a cop out because I think this was always going to be the plan for 5G. I don't yeah, think 5G I, was ever going to actually replace anything. No, yeah, I don't regardless think so either. I'm that, just saying I'm just going to say the discussion that we had on that that I that kind of launched out of that that I heard earlier and it's a discussion that I, we've had, and I've been on this side of it for a long time, which is 5G aside, I mean, if you go back to Kamala, to Miles, to uh, yeah. Sam Wilson as Cap, all of that, except for Kamala and Miles, and even that with still keeping Peter, have all been walked back. Yeah. And I just don't think that we've had a mainstream superhero universe or or a, a produ- you know publisher that has had the balls to stick to a legacy character outside of the classic DC bits because of these hashtag, not my cap, not yeah. my captain Marvel, blah, blah, blah. And I think that people get cowed by the vocal minority to the point. And so I just think the more we can hammer on to, you know, things like how important black Panther was, right. You know, and showing that, mm-hmm. look, we need people in our media that don't look like everyone. Absolutely. So that people that, so that everyone has someone to look like. And, and maybe I'll take it a step further. Maybe replacing a legacy character is not the answer. Maybe that is a cop out in and of itself. Why don't you inflate some of these amazing characters that you already have of color? Like why sure. isn't, Black Lightning, more of an important character. Yeah. Where is fucking exactly. Steel? Steel's an amazing character. I love oh, yeah. Steel. Do something with these characters. Marvel, I mean- Let's bring back Night Thrasher and Silhouette. And Joe. like you said, Marvel Fuck tried yeah. it for a while. Oh, yes. <laughs> they were also smart enough to like elevate Black Panther to yeah. a level of popularity that matches Iron Man and Captain America. Maybe not Wolverine yeah. or Spider-Man. Does he own the Avengers now? Yeah, like he's running the <laughs> Avengers. And there's no reason DC can't do that. And I agree. Maybe replacing Batman is not the right answer. And it would be a shtick because we all know sooner or later, Bruce Wayne's going to come back. Y- you have to. That's just the rules, you know? So I don't even, I mean, I don't even think he's going away. Right. Is my right. point. Yeah. <laughs> like this is happening adjacent to what's happening with uh, James the fourth 
Batman bullshit, sure. Joker I, war crap. I just think that to a certain degree, though, I think also like relying on these older characters and keep writing Bruce Wayne, keep writing Peter Parker to a certain degree is lazy storytelling. It is. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it's it, not just it, lazy. It's, it's I, think, I, think it's, I think it's a higher degree of difficulty to show us a 40 year old Peter who is maybe, you know, sliding back mm, right. and going into, you know, and, and then giving us miles coming on up. Yeah. You know, and we saw how well that worked in into the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I have to admit, you know, I'm, I am an old, a lifelong fan. Like, I don't want to stop reading about Clark Kent. No. I don't want to stop reading about Peter Parker, but I'm also not afraid of, you know, I, I've had my time. <laughs> You know, yeah. like you said, like I've had my time. It's time for you to go, Joe. This is this is what JD and I wheel came me here into today. the tar pit to like the grandma on dinosaurs. It's time to go. Matt and I, Matt and I <laughs> talked about this ahead of time, and we didn't know how else. Yeah, to break it I'm to glad you, you brought but, it up, uh, Joe. <laughs> Welcome to the two headed nerd starring Matt Bomb and JD. Got a catch. So, Joe, if you just want to meet me out behind the shed, later, um, <laughs> you're not going to feel a thing. Don't worry. Look, look, I'll be quiet. No, but you're right. You're, you're like, absolutely right. It's also not even a question of like. We've had our time or whatever. There's no reason why you can't continue telling good stories with those characters. Swap them in and out. It happens mm -hmm. all the time. There's been yeah. replacement Caps, replacement Spider-Man, replacement yeah. Batman. We had four fucking Supermans running around. We had two of the same Superman that split into separate bodies for a while. You know, we have more than that in Spider-Man right now. Yeah. I mean, I we've mean, got Spider-Man across the fucking country. I would, <laughs> I, but I would prefer that DC takes some of the wonderful underrepresented characters they already have and represent them. Get them out. Oh, there. And then, you know, and that's, that's another thing, you know, these assholes are out there going, why do you got to replace the character that I, why do you got to make the character I love gay or turn him black? Why can't you just create a new character? They've done it. Yeah. They've done it. They did it for years. Yeah. They, and you assholes didn't support it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So don't character. act like, like it's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to buy it. And by the way, we right. made Iceman gay. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. It's not like next issue, full on anal sex. Get ready, boys. They're like, no, nothing changed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Patrick. I mean, Patrick says it best here. Good storytelling isn't their number one priority. Money is, and the characters we know of and course. how we know them is where the money is, and that is the. Sad fact about corporate comics. And if right now when you see print sales going down, they're going to play it very safe because you, yeah. yep. even if you do have a minority fan base that is a bunch of shit balls, when <laughs> they start screaming and yelling, that makes people nervous. And, and I get it. It, it makes waves. It makes news. Yeah. Like literally, if you have a book that sells 5,000 copies and 500 people are mad at it, that's 10% of your goddamn audience. That's a huge, yeah. massive dip, you know? And that's why we're seeing such a push from DC into the digital realm. Yeah. Because well, they know that they're not going to lose out on too much if they, if the, it, if the milestone relaunch is a failure. Yeah. What, what do you yeah. lose? You, you know, they didn't spend thousands of dollars per issue on printing. It's, well, it, and it's also, it, it just feels like with DC, I mean, it's just, you know, I just feel like DC is just leaning on the, the Holy Trinity so hard. I would I mean, argue. To Matt's point, let's make. I would I argue mean, it's not even the Trinity. I, I would argue it's characters. Batman. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm actually, I am actually legitimately stunned that they have let the uh, Superman writers 
make Superman older with a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. like absolutely. And then it's stuck. Like there's no there's no unringing that bell. John Ken is here to stay. Right. Right. And Super Sons is gone. Like, I know that he got but, artificially you know. <laughs> aged up or whatever. But JD, I'm gonna mute you because there's some other peeps that we need to get in here, but it's good to talk to you, brother. All right, thanks guys. Bye, buddy. Um like, I don't even think like what he was saying. I don't think it's the holy trinity that they're leaning on. I think it's Batman. They are oh, leaning. Oh, yeah, it's Batman 100 percent Batman, 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 Batman. Uh, David Robbins they... has been waiting patiently. I'm gonna unmute you, David, if you want to join the conversation, sir. I don't know if Dave could hear us or not. I can. Good morning, gentlemen. There he is. Hello. Good morning, David. Hello. How are you today, sir? I am well, sir. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. What do you want to wrap about? Um, well, for like, a couple of things, but first thing I'm going to do is uh, answer the question of the week. Okay. Um, we've got all of the great first time entrances. Uh, Iron Man Mark One coming out of the cave. Yeah. You've got. Uh, you, you just got um, uh, uh, Ragnarok. Uh, he's a friend from work. Yeah. For uh, Hulk coming out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. You have everything, every entrance in Infinity War. Um, the close up on Peter's arm when the spider sense goes and all his arm hairs stand up. Yeah. Uh, we have a Hulk uh, from Loki and Hulk's coming in and smashing Thanos. And just every one of those entrances, uh, Cap stepping out of the shadows um, as Nomad coming out, you know, for Infinity War. But my answer is kind of a cheat. It's got to be um, on your left from Endgame Man. with all of the, all the portals entering yeah. and everybody coming in all at once. Yeah. Like I could watch that 10 minutes of footage from the 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 Trinity fight with uh Thanos through that entrance to Avengers Assemble. I could watch that just every day oh, for the next year and be fine with it. It's also such a perfect throwback to like yes. Cap 2 where Sam is jogging, you know, and you just hear like, yeah, yeah. you hear the voice on your left and he just screams by it. <laughs> You're like captains flies by him running around the monument. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Such a great throwback. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is. yeah that, that portal scene will never not get me well, and all worked up. The best part <laughs> yeah. of it is it is the cheesiest, most predictable thing in the world. I mean, well, like it's engineered that way. It's yeah. absolutely engineered and that they, way. And they just matter. leaned into it. They went, yep, full on cheese. Everyone comes out. It's, everybody it's poses. Yeah. Everybody gets a shot. <laughs> like, everybody's mad. Everybody's posed, you know, ready to do their thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and so, you know, uh, by about the 10th or 15th time I'd seen that scene, I, I think to myself, Thanos just stands there. Right. The whole time. His army, like, his army whoa, is already whoa, there. Whoa, whoa. Like the, sec <laughs> the second he saw all those glowy circles, yeah. he should have sent his goons in. Right. I mean, like, oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Just like, <laughs> like, gotta right respect, I got to respect this walk-in, this WWF yeah. walk-in yeah. they're doing. Or it's not even that. It's like a 1980s kids action figure commercial. They're like, don't worry. <laughs> He-Man's here, you know? <laughs> like, and his, uh, and his yeah. buddy Zodak shows up. <laughs> you know? Like, okay, got it. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because it's it, it it gives you chills and it makes it feel good the, every single time. Yeah. And oh, he yeah. says Avengers assemble so quietly. Nobody in that entire crowd can hear him, but it doesn't matter. Right. Because it's what we all wanted for 12 years and we finally got it. Yeah. You know, people complain about that, that a force moment with all the ladies, you know, like loved it. Loved it. Uh, yes, of course. Like it's, it's brilliant. And of yes, course. 
it's it's more about eliciting a reaction than telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. And in that moment, at the end of a 12 year journey, 22 movies, that's all I wanted. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Well, and that's yeah. and look, I know I harp on it and harp on it and harp on it. That the, just listening to us gush about that moment in that movie being everything we wanted. Look, all our heroes, they're all in the same place. They're all right there. That's all I fucking want from DC. That's all I want. Just, it doesn't even have to be that good, but just approaching that feeling where it's like, oh, look, there they all are. There's my DC heroes. Like they're supposed to be because they live together. God damn it. (laughs) Why can't I have that? (laughs) I mean, why? I I get it. I get it. They made their, they made their choices. And all we, all we can do is hope that these, these new filmmakers that are coming in, like we're genuinely excited about everything else. DC has coming down the pike. Am I wrong? Other than the Snyder cut. Am I right? I mean, yeah. For the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, the Batman, the suicide squad, fuck. Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad movie made by David Ayer, who is on any other day of the week, an amazing filmmaker, is one of the worst pieces of shit I've I've yeah. ever seen in a superhero universe. It's terrible. But even the stuff that we're excited about, even the stuff that we're excited about, there is a little part of me that's like, well, great. I mean, it, I hope it's good. It'll be fun. But that's not the Batman that lives with this Batman or that Batman yeah, and, in the future. And, and, you know, and like, while I do understand Does Aquaman that, even uh, know these assholes? I don't know. And <laughs> while I do understand where you're coming from, as a, as a DC fan specifically for me, to see them embrace the idea of a multiverse, and they're not just saying it as an excuse, like mm. the Flashpoint movie is going to be all about the multiverse. I know, I know. It's going to have multiple versions of Batman. I, I would not be surprised if we saw other characters from other incarnations. Uh, the guy that runs the Arrowverse is like, I'm pushing hard to get Grant Gustin in this movie. They already said, um, no, appear- he's not in it. Apparently, uh, Ezra Miller gets the name The Flash from the scene in the uh, right. crossover. Like they, they've already done the it. The they've already done it the other way. But like Grant they had Gustin Ezra is- Miller show, show up during Crisis. Yeah. And it was such a surprising, amazing moment. Right. But they said no Grant Gustin, not in the movie, which well, is but like, I mean, whatever. I don't such care. A fucking but like, I already know. I already know that Ezra Miller knows that he's uh, got a different version of himself out there in the multiverse. Right. And like David said, like he never once calls himself the flash during the entirety of the justice league movie. Neither does anybody else. Yeah. And neither does anybody else. Right. Uh, and the idea that he gets the name the flash from the Arrowverse is yeah. amazing to me. It, no, and no, it's so, kick like, ass. The, the, and I just wish- embracing this multiverse is something that I really enjoy. Fair enough. I just think and you, it's a, you and already it's a way had for them to have their cake and eat it too. Like there's well. no reason they, they can't make a new Superman movie with Henry Cavill. I Henry get it. Cavill still wants to do I it. I get it. I get it. And we go back and forth on this, but this is not what David called for. I'm sure we're, we're in, taking up his time. That, well, that's, his time that's okay. Is, sorry, David, his time is up. <laughs> the show's <laughs> almost over. Well, okay. So, um, I had a couple of things I was going to hit, uh, you know, t- talking about hallelujah. Um, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard had a podcast last week. They were going through the trailers from, uh, fandom and YouTube booted them off because of the Leonard Cohen, uh, music. 
Uh, they got popped <laughs> by YouTube music, which is just kind of funny. That's um, hilarious. YouTube was doing it to everybody. Yeah. Um, they angered so, the analog. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the other thing I really wanted to, to talk about, I know we're, everybody's hitting on it, um, but it's an absolute tragedy for Chadwick Boseman. Um, it's absolute tragedy yeah. for just the world of entertainment because the guy was so talented. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's about representation and seeing yourself on screen. And yeah, I'm a white guy. Yeah. I got blue eyes, but Matt, tell me it didn't like make your heart sing the first time you found out Kitty pride, Ben Grimm were Jewish. Oh yeah. No, totally. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different feeling. It's like when I find out when, a baseball player is Jewish, I'm just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh when, my God. <laughs> when Colossus <laughs> sacrificed himself for the uh to to solve uh, cure the legacy virus and they had that entire eulogy episode with kitty eulogy issue with kitty and she lit the yard side candle yeah and told that story yeah um in in buffy in the last season after tara died and willow went to go visit her gravestone and she put a rock on the headstone yeah like they didn't comment on it. They didn't mention it. No, it just was it just, there it is that. And that's how I, you I, do it. That is yeah. how you do it. You have to come out and be like, hi, my name's Rick and I'm gay. And here's my gay yeah. song and my gay boyfriend. No, just like, just have a character and they can be gay <laughs> or they can be a Muslim or they can be Jewish or they can be, yeah. you know, Afro-American or whatever. We don't just represent. That's all yeah, you like, need to do. You know, we, made, we made a bunch of, we made a bunch of hay, uh, David, I'm going to mute you again and we'll keep talking about this, but we got some other people sure. we got to get in. Good to talk to you, brother. Go ahead. Bye, Joe, David. Sorry. Thanks. We made a bunch of fuss about how, you know, these sort of things were marketed, you know, back in the mid to late two thousands, you know, with like specifically with Batwoman when they're like, they introduced Batwoman during the 52 miniseries. Right. And like one of the bullet points was, and she's gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Ryan, That's I'm fine. stopping your video. <laughs> I've and unmuted I, you, but I'm stopping your video. <laughs> I suppose that you, you want to get the word out there that you are increasing your diversity. Right. But turning it into an advertising point seems weird and gross. I mean, the problem there lies in the fact that they want, they not only want to let people know about the character and it's more than just like, putting it, you know, in the book and having someone report on it afterwards, they need retailers to order it as well. So it becomes right. like, like they, this I, is the one where we like say she's gay, like, you know, right. it's going to be in the news, you know, it's like a damned if you're due, damned if you yeah. don't, you know, situation where you need people to know and you need to reach the audience you want to reach, but right. also you have to be kind of crass about it. There's sales. Yeah. I don't know. Ryan, you've been unmuted. Mr. Forrest, our consigliere, how are you today? And what do you want to rap about, sir? That's your question of the week. So I assume you have an answer. Yeah, I figured I'd better call in. Okay. You're damn straight. Good afternoon. Good no, good morning. Good, good morning. A little bit of both. Still morning. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got for us? Well, uh, yeah. So my answer is going to be uh, Iron Man Mark One out of the cave. At, uh, not only because of. The, all the callbacks really to the to the armor from the 60s and how bulky and kind of nonsensical it was but in the backdrop in the backdrop was a war and i think they did a really good job of modernizing that specific part of his story definitely without a and doubt and then more maybe more importantly is simply the groundwork it laid for the next 
12 years and 22 movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could argue that is your first appearance of the your Marvel superhero. You know, I mean, you, and, like, yeah. and they nailed it. Like, they nailed it. Uh, yeah. So it, the, it, the the very last the very last seconds of the credits of Avengers Endgame. Uh, f- there's no credit cookie. There's just this sound, this clang, clang, clang. Yeah. And so many people were like, what is that? What is that sound? And if you'd been on this journey, you would immediately recognize it as the sound of Tony pounding that tin into a helmet Yeah, in Iron Man one. And I was like that, the entire last 40 minutes of that movie, all the way up to the end of the credits, I was a blubbering fool. Oh yeah. Because of what they accomplished, and it all started with that moment. Absolutely, yeah. I I think you're spot on, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Excellent answer, Ryan. Not to mention you got the Black Sabbath music, and, and like, oh man, soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. soundtrack to that movie it, rips. You know, arguably, if they mess that up, if they do something different, if they take a, a left turn and you know try something experimental, it crashes and burns, and we maybe don't get anything. No, that's true. You, you don't get a sequel. You don't get a Marvel universe. Oh, you yeah. get Robert Downey Jr. back in treatment. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like, it was such a question mark. Like, like people forget Robert Downey Jr. was not, his star was not on the rise. No, they I mean, took he was, out insurance policies on him. Yeah, he was still famous, but this is like, Famously, your third chance to screw up. Right, you know? he was I mean, famous yeah. for being a <laughs> drug addict, yeah. uh, troublemaker, and like they just what a what a stellar choice. Yeah, well, that and was all I don't Favreau. know who it all comes down to. That was I, like, I don't know if that's on John, John Favreau. Favreau's shoulders. That's that was, all on Favreau. Was I just read an Kevin article. Kevin It was Favreau. Yeah. He went to yeah, him I and he an said, "You are the guy. Weekend. You have to do this." Yeah. And we're he's like, that "Whatever Favreau we're doing, pushed hard for him. We're doing it." And the studio said, no, like, we don't want to fuck with it. And that's when they were like, made him sign all the insurance waivers and stuff. Like, this yeah. is on you. And RDJ was like, I thank you for believing in me and let's do this. And we got Iron Man. And then we got the most successful movie franchise of all time. Uh, I mean, pardon me. Fast and Furious is the most successful of all time, but there's more. <laughs> uh, hold on. <laughs> well, and then just just one more little caveat to that with, with the introduction at the very end of Iron Man when he says at the podium, "I'm Iron Man," yeah. and the screen just goes black. Yeah, such a perfect. It's, it still like gets me every I, time. It's so great. It's like, I <laughs> wish John Favreau got more credit. I think he gets plenty for, of credit. I mean, sure, but I. Ryan, just, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you because we got Michael Severe to bring us home here, and uh, thank you for your answer. Good to talk to you, brother. Later, boys. See you, buddy. Uh, I like, yeah, he made you know Iron Man two, which was a stinger, and but basically then he was out of the Marvel universe. I mean, he was still producing stuff. He was he still had his name. Well, on yeah, production sure, his name's on like a that. lot of stuff, but yeah. lots of people's names are on a lot of stuff. That's true, but I mean, I think. Uh, <laughs> He's a big time production guy. Get it done. Get the money behind it. He directed a couple, did the job, and then helped hand pick everybody we love, you know, that's made these movies and stuff. So I think he gets plenty. Michael Zavir, you're unmuted, by the way, and I can hear us in the background, and it sounds like I'm going insane. 
<laughs> I apologize. I don't know why. You I, work I, in the I got business, Samir. Come on. Driving on the car. We're traveling through the quantum realm. <laughs> Basically, I'm you're traveling on Center Street. That's the quantum realm right now. Okay. That's where you are. Well, be careful. I don't want to listen. I don't want to be the guy that's responsible for the death of Michael Severe when I upset him and he violently jerked his wheel or something. You know, my <laughs> wife is my wife's actually driving. Okay, good. That's responsible. So that's good. We're safe. Yeah, being All responsible. Right. The, the dogs in the back. That's the one we're concerned about. Of, of course. A, a couple things because the the best thing about i told you the, the, told you guys this a bunch of times the best thing about comic book movies and all of this is growing up with the kids and living it with the children and then last night you know having the conversation with them or this morning about chadrick boseman dying and yeah. that meant what that meant for black panther and everything um my logie my youngest had a, had a really good idea about re- how do you replace the role because you just can't put another african-american male in there yeah. at least not i think anytime soon and he was talking about maybe taking one of the women, one of the main characters from the sh- from the movie, and got to be sure. It's got to yeah. be sure. Yeah, exactly. Right, She's next right, in exactly. line. You make her. You make her Black Panther. Or, and I know this is funny because you guys were having the conversation about uh, a Black Batman with the idea of the Winter Soldier being so close with him and being there that whole time he was recovering. Is there any chance you could have him like fill in for a while just to help out? And and what would people feel about? How do you think African-Americans would feel about having a white guy? Not great, Michael. The- <laughs> yeah. I don't I think they'd feel great about it. I know. And I, but I, you know, it wouldn't bother me because of the relationship they have is so close. And what is he, the white wolf? Is that what they call him? Right, The as white wolf, as- yeah. 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 I, just, I thought it'd be, just to be able to help out in the, the transition, I thought would be uh, kind of okay. cool. So I, I will say this. In the comics, uh, it, it, specifically in... in a lot greater detail in the Christopher Priest run from the nineties. Uh, they mentioned briefly in the movie, in the black Panther movie, um, like their, their groups of spies are called war dogs. Right. Yeah. In the comics, uh, they're all, they're all, there are also war dogs and there is a character named the white wolf. And he's basically in a black Panther costume, but it's white. Oh yeah. So he kind of looks like the white tiger, man. You know, white tiger. Yeah. Um, And like, if they were to do that, I think that would be different than putting him in the black Panther costume and calling him the black Panther. Right. Right. I got it. I got it. I I just, Um, I just thought it'd be kind of, it's, we, we, we need to do more on both sides of it because there's, and I say this is an African-American, there is a real divide in terms of what we're allowed to say and what white people are allowed to say. Oh yeah. I think it's, it's in fair. I think. I think. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I think that's funny. You're African American. I, I never was. <laughs> has been talking about. According to my dad, I am. Um, <laughs> I, I look. I, I look back and I listen to Richard Pryor all those years talk about. You know how. You know it was just us talking about when he went to jail. It was just black people there, and everything was about how. You know, white people couldn't do this. or could do this, and black people couldn't. And now we can say so many things and be fine with it. Whereas. A white person tries to say something similar and they're not allowed to, which I think it gets to a point where that's unfair as well. Yeah. And the idea that we could have a black Batman or someone putting on the back, the, the Batman outfit who is not white. I don't think the other way, again, it wouldn't bother me. I know there's probably a lot of African-Americans who would get upset about it. Um, but I, I would hope that they would take it and say, this is a guy who was his friend, a guy he took care of a guy, yeah. obviously that he, he probably, he loved, right. To help yeah. out in a situation where Wakanda needs somebody to fill in. 
for somebody who had died. Well, you if you want to go back to the comics, so, Shuri became the Black Panther for a while. Shuri was right, the right. Black Panther yeah. for a number of years, yeah. yeah. When, uh, well, Logan knew was, that. I did not know that. Logan knew yeah. that. I did not know that. He yeah. was telling me that. Though. Now, in, in the comic, like in the comic, when Shuri was introduced, she was older. Uh, you know, she was closer in age to T'Challa. Okay. Um, and, you know, since the movie came out, you know, they did what they do and they kind of de-aged her to make her more like uh, Letitia Wright. And um, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if Letitia Wright is kind of, I don't know if she's got the, she's great as Shuri. Yeah. I love her. Right. Right. But like Black Panther is this larger than life presence every time he walks into the room. And I just don't know if I would feel that from her. Right. I would feel it from Okoye. <laughs> uh, uh, um, well, she can't be the Black Panther though. You got, you got to be in line. That's how it works. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, I mean, she's got to be. Uh, she's got to be from the bloodline. That's gotta true. Got to be a descendant. Well, no, that's I mean, there's deal. there's the challenge day. You know, right, exactly. Got, yeah, there's a challenge day, it, but they're also like there's something about how y- he wouldn't be the Black Panther. He would be in charge of stuff. He would be like the white gorilla would now run stuff, or the guy right, that like Mbappu, like yeah. Mbappu, he, You he, don't he become be the Black right. Panther. You get to drink right. the stuff and you get super powerful or whatever, and you're the leader. But you don't become the Black right. Panther. I think that's just. I mean, the but Wakanda Killmonger thing. became the Black Panther. Yeah, but Killmonger was also related. That's what uh, we found out. Line. He's from the lineage. Yeah, yeah. He was the king king's nephew. Yeah. yeah, that's what we found out. He was in the lineage, so you got to be in the lineage. Otherwise, you don't get to go yeah, to the well, Panther tree and shit like that. You know. One more thing about what you guys were talking about, and and you. Because you're so negative all the time, Matt Bomb. You're like, well, when it's done right, forget when it's done right. You don't know, you have no idea what it meant for a kid my age who had been a comic book fan who just to see Verb on the screen in Schoolhouse Rock. That was, that was enough. <laughs> Verb Fair became enough. my favorite superhero just because it was a black dude. Fair enough. Especially as he was playing baseball and I was playing baseball at the time. It was huge. I would argue then, Verb was done right. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know. It was kind of cheesy. But I mean, yeah, I guess it was. And he took care of the little kid. Yeah. But it's not just that. Like, like Luke Cage meant a ton to me. More than Black Panther. I wasn't a oh, yeah. Black Panther reader. But Luke Cage, because I had lived in New York, I knew what Luke Cage was and where he was. I knew I, I knew what he was in Harlem. Yeah. I knew where that was. Totally. And so that meant a ton to me, definitely. Relatable, yeah. But, but for Black Panther, the king aspect of it and the queen aspect before it, that's something that African-Americans have always talked about in terms of what they were back in Africa. Right. And I think that's why so many black people love this movie and why that thing happened on Jimmy Fallon the way it did with the emotions of those people. Yes, I bet you right. there were. I bet you there were 25 more of those that they didn't even get to. But it means so much. To most African Americans, the idea that there is a lineage, a past, you have a you have a history of from great grandfather beyond slavery. Yeah, that, that means a whole lot right. to people. And that's what that movie did in a lot of ways. It, it eliminated that part of it and said these people have always been free in Wakanda. They've always been a people who you know were on their own and, and making new technology. And that's why I think that movie meant so much. Yeah, and so. more importantly, and, they're still that today. They're still fully empowered. Right. They did it on yeah. their own. They don't need. And that's what made Killmonger's argument so amazing too. As a bad guy, yes. it's like I was just yeah. going to say that this is this, bullshit. The, you guys have been able to do amazing, this the whole compelling time? character. You know, on screen, uh, the 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 on screen version of Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, yeah, is an amazing addition to that universe. And uh, I I saw you know with everything that happened last night, um, you know I was of course up till three o'clock in the morning yeah. watching videos and looking at yeah. old tweets and memes and stuff. And and uh, uh, there was an interview with uh, my uh, with uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, where he said the movie doesn't have a villain. 
Yes, movie it's doesn't have a villain because right. we're two sides of the same coin. Like you can't like Killmonger is everything Ch- T'Challa could have been if their roles had been reversed. Yeah, and he says just that. Yeah, he, he and so, says like, it and, to him. He's like, "I'm you." And then man. at the at the end, like I was so sad. Like spoilers for a four year old movie, but I was so sad that they killed off Killmonger. Uh, but his closing statements, yeah, where T'Challa's like, "We can save you. We can save you." And Killmonger's like, what? So I can be tossed in lockup? Bury me yeah. at sea like they did my ancestors. Yeah. And that is such a punch in the gut. And then he's just gone. And it's like, oh, what yeah. an amazing bit of writing. What, a, what an amazing bit of storytelling from Ryan Coogler. My, my thing is, this has always been a, a big thing for me, is that verbiage is so important. And I learned this in the military because we describe every single thing as what it is. So there's no no debate debating what something is, but the difference between villain and having an antagonist, right? You yeah, can have yes, an antagonist right. or a right. protagonist. You don't have to have a hero or a villain. It's right. a complete, it just drives the story. You need something to drive the story. And so him as an antagonist, he drove the story for us to think more about the mistakes that the previous King had made. Right. To yes. get T'Challa to go, okay, I can't make the same mistakes that my ancestors made. That's, yeah. that's the difference. I mean, that's really, the most compelling wanna, bad pin, guy you can have. That is the you most pinpoint compelling. A, you want to, pinpoint a villain in black panther other than claw yeah it's the king yeah it's t'challa's dad he left like the when, damn child there in oakland when, california my, my son was like well how does he get raised i said well probably foster homes or something yeah. like that he just left him there it's yeah well uh, he was like left when, he was left when, with uh, an uncle guy that they were they were spies that was that guy's job when forrest whitaker they were supposed is to be telling the, the story be spies yeah and you can hear, like, you can hear and feel the guilt, right, in Forrest Whitaker's voice when he's, you know, when he's like, "They killed him. We left the kid. We just left him. We abandoned him." Right. Like that—that's God. But I mean, there was an argument there too. You couldn't just out him. This guy's doing a job, and and yes, he started a family. Maybe he should or shouldn't have. That was his decision. He was a spy. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm no, not talking about anything back. the dad did. I'm talking like you bring they, the kid back. Can you just fly in though with your ship and bring the kid back? You and go get, get I mean, the kid if, a spy, and you put him on a ship and you take him back. Yeah, you can leave like, the child. They there. knew. They knew they left him. I get it. Yeah, I'm just saying. They sometimes took, they you took gotta make hard decisions. Martin Freeman back to Wakanda. They took Martin Freeman back to Wakanda without asking permission. They can take the nephew of the king. Well, that was later on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't have been a big deal to take him. He was young. He probably wouldn't even remember much. I mean, it would have been great. He already had the tattoo. Like, he he wouldn't have gotten it after the fact. I get it. I get it. All right, uh, Michael. Good to talk to you, man. And uh, it's, good, man. it's always Thank you nice for doing to like, the show today. It's, it's yeah, really, it's really yeah. We needed it, it good. right? It this is a good. bad fucking week. I think we need to just like focus on some bullshit for a while, get our feelings out, talk about comics, right? Yeah, no doubt. All Thanks, right, guys. man. We'll right, talk buddy. to you later. Have a good weekend. I'm gonna end this meeting and kick all you nerds out so we can get to our voicemails. Thank you to everybody that joined <laughs> Apologies us. Apologies to Black Scorpion, the three, and John Tavertic who have been here the entire time. They didn't have their hands up though. Oh, all right, fair you enough. You have to put your hand up. God, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm glad that everybody else knows the rules. I'll work with Joe. We'll get it figured out. Don't worry. <laughs> Look, I, uh, shut up. All right, let's get to uh, these voicemails. We've got one from an old friend. Every once in a while, uh, co-host too. 
Hi guys, it's the original listener sending in an MP3 because I'm okay. going to be... A- Hold on, the original listener? I don't think he was did. there when we recorded the first episode. I mean, I guess that's true. He was our first listener. Work when you guys yeah. are recording, and I thought it would be fun to do this, uh, get through a couple things real quick, and then answer the question of the week. A couple of weeks ago, um, you guys were having some trouble with uh, pronouncing a name or what the proper pronunciation of a name is. And um, I was just going to try to clear it up a little bit. Denny O'Neill, when he created the character, called him Raish Al Ghul, um, which is fine, I guess. But it just goes to prove that uh, people that create things are not always linguists. Like, it's (laughs) GIF, not JIF. I don't care what the creator says. He's not a linguist. Um, So it's... The Arabic pronunciation is Raz al Ghul. Um, it's a very strange way to say it when you're an English speaker. Uh, the word Raish means something completely different than head or chief of the demon. Um, so it's, it is pronounced Raz. Um, well, but go. anyways, on to the next thing. I believe Raish oh, I means bread maker of the demon, I believe. <laughs> uh, I took Arabic in college for uh, two years. Humble brag. So, uh, that was, <laughs> yes, yes, Keith, was, that was my expertise on it. Um, but anyways, next thing is uh, question of the week. Yeah. So I think my answer is going to be Superman 1977 Son of a bitch uh, John Williams score just kicks in He flies across the screen Everybody knew Blue that was your answer My <laughs> tiny mind when I was a kid um, I'm going to always love that The most But recently Civil War gave us both Spider-Man and now uh, Black Panther And I think we should talk about How it sucks that Chadwick Boseman died yesterday Um I'm devastated about that, and it's been a rough week. And Matt knows that uh, we lost Riley Gale this week of the thrash metal band Power Trip, and they're, like, so good. And it's just a huge, huge bummer. It's a bummer week for a bummer year, and uh, hopefully comics can bring people uh, some happiness instead of all this garbage that's happening this year, and maybe we can just write 2020 off next year just say it never happened uh, I don't know what do you guys think alright love you uh, I think 2020 Bye. happened but it gets an asterisk like when we when we look at it in the in the you know the long list of years there will be an asterisk by 2020 I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be more like uh, a building that doesn't have a 13th floor <laughs> or just be like remember 2019 so you're gonna be looking and then back there was 2021 the and it's gonna go yeah it's gonna go 1990 or uh, god I don't even know the years 2019 2021 2022 yeah, yeah. Um, you know what maybe just from like 20 what 2016 forward yeah like, I think it's safe we can, <laughs> I'm fine getting rid of the last four years <laughs> that's fine so yeah 2017 18 19 and 20 it's just just leave them out leave yeah. them out uh, yeah Keith has a background in uh, international religion and language, and I consider him an expert on the subject. So I appreciate that insight, Razal Ghul. It is. I wish she would have told us what the other one means. Raish. I wonder what that means. 
Yeah, I I think yeah, bread maker or you know a, a <laughs> manicurist of yeah, the demon, yeah, uh, you Keurig know, machine of the demon or something. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> toilet toilet of the demon, right. you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. So Keith obviously took my answer. Um, so I think he specifically was referencing the moment where he flies out of the fortress of solitude for the first time after yeah. going in as a teenager into the camera. Yes, into the camera. Ugh. And that is certainly a great moment. But for me, my favorite, number one with a bullet for all time, my favorite on-screen hero entrance is always going to be Clark Kent walking out of the Daily Planet. Oh, yeah. Finding Lois's hat on the ground, looking up, seeing her dangling from the helicopter. Yeah. Looking at that phone booth, which is a nod to like a very old-timey thing in the comics where he would change in a phone booth at super speed right uh but it it wasn't like a it wasn't like a full length phone booth it was just like the one with that had like the four glass like a cubicle um and then he goes through the revolving doors comes out as superman and he says hi to the pimp yeah and then he flies to the rescue <laughs> Ooh, that one, man that that's is, a bad outfit <laughs> That will forever be not only my favorite entrance, but probably my favorite moment in any superhero movie. Yeah. No, it's, it's a stunning, just, it's perfect. It's perfect for Superman. It really is. And just like the, the way they, they like, as he's running, he's running towards the building again to the camera. Yeah. From the phone booth as the score starts to swell and he pulls open his shirt and that's when it's like, yeah. Like, that's it the it's end. just a max Fleischer cartoon it's perfect it's perfect yeah ah oh, god damn you know what um i thought about a bunch of different ones but when casey and i just restarted watching the x-men movie we just recently watched the very first x-men the brian singer one and yeah. i forgot how fucking good wolverine's first entrance is in that movie when he's a we, we first see, when we first see Rogue go for some reason she runs away from somewhere in the south and goes to Canada <laughs> and yeah. uh, there's a truck stop where uh, apparently they have a ring and Wolverine is fighting people for money not necessarily that part that part's fine but Rogue is sitting at the bar with him afterwards and he, you know he's just talking to her like oh, it's a little girl whatever get out of here and the dude comes some dude comes up and he's like I lost a lot of money on whatever tonight and the other dude's got a shotgun and Wolverine's like all right just walk away you know forget it whatever and the guy like points the gun at him and he stands up and turns around really fast it's like bam and the gun just like gets cut in half and the yeah, claws are just pieces. out and you see, and you're looking down Hugh Jackman's arm, like the camera's looking down the claws. They're pointed directly at the camera, and you don't see the claws in his other like. So he cuts the gun with like his right arm, yeah. And then don't the claws when he's sticking them out towards the camera? Don't they come out like really slow? Yeah, and he puts two of them out around the guy's neck. Oh, yeah, and I the third one move. starts to come out really slow, and it's like. Yes, it's <laughs> that. Like I remember yeah, 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 just being in the theater. Like Wolverine is my guy, and just waiting to see somebody pop the claws 
on camera and and it's and he's so perfect looking and mean. My only problem was he was too tall, but that's a whole different argument. Whatever. I mean, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Wolverine's a short guy. Look, you all guys get all your representation, you get to celebrate it. There's no short people that get represented, yeah, okay? There are a lot of there are a lot of <laughs> mediocre looking fat dudes in comics, man. I feel I'm really feeling your pain. Um that scene though, it's yeah, no, it's, that's a great it's a that's great perfect entrance like this is wolverine this is what you get and i don't think they did it better with any other character in any of the x movies personally you know and i just don't, uh, I, I love it I, hugh jackman you know, I, did a bunch of dumb thing- shit as wolverine and there were some bad wolverine movies but that scene is just gold pure gold the only things that come close to me maybe are the the first time we see nightcrawler in x-men 2 sure uh and, but then uh, Quicksilver, when Quicksilver is revealed yeah. in X-Men First Class. Yeah, that's like, a wonderful scene. I, I Like when they were like, we're casting, uh, we're casting the kid from Kick-Ass, like Kick-Ass's friend as Quicksilver. Yeah. Uh, the kid from American Horror Story. I'm like, ugh, he's, what? You're that, what? He's a fantastic actor. That kid's No, great. it's true. But like here I am in my mind, like, sure. oh, Quicksilver, brother of the Scarlet Witch from an Eastern European country, blah, blah, blah. But the good and news he's is just some American kid. We got that in uh, the Marvel movies and they killed in Avenger- it. They H-Wolf nailed it. <laughs> uh, starring the actual kick-ass, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> starring actual kick-ass. And uh, yeah, when Quicksilver... Uh, Reveals his powers in uh, the Pentagon. That's where they are, right? The Pentagon. Well, they're like the sub-basement. Yeah, the uh, like, Yeah, because yeah. that's a smart idea. We're going to put our most dangerous prisoners underneath the Pentagon. Where, I mean, who would expect it? I guess, sure. <laughs> uh, that's just such a perfect moment with the music and like the, the cheesy... Uh, uh, the cheesy slow ballad on his headphones and yeah oh it's, it's uh, beautiful he's like if i could save time in a bottle is this if song? i could save time, in, bo- time in a bottle right yes, yes. <laughs> it's an amazing scene yeah um yeah Fun. but yeah i agree though that wolf that first time hugh jackman sh- reveals himself as wolverine well and it's just I, subtle that, he's not in excellent. a costume they didn't have to do anything he just like just pissed off dude and you got in his face and guess what Bam! There. It, oh shit! It's Wolverine. <laughs> like that's oh, I mean, this is a total. This is a total side note. But like, I also remember very clearly the first time you see the claws go back in. Yeah. And his cuts heal. Yeah. Super fast. Yeah. And I was just like in the theater, like, oh, oh. Yeah. That's so rad. Yeah. And Rogue's <laughs> what, like, does what? that hurt? And he's like, every time. Every time. Oh, yeah. He's so tough. <laughs> what great attention to detail that yeah. was. All right. Excellent question. Thank you, Ryan. That was a good one. Set us up with our new question of the week, Joe. All right. Our new question was submitted by Joe Benkis via the THN forums. He wants to know, what's your favorite comic book line that was inspired by, created because of, or was otherwise tied to a cool line of toys. So he's not talking about a line of dialogue. He's talking about like a, a comic book, a comic book title or franchise or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, he goes on to say, while no one can dispute the amazing awesomeness of My Little Pony, <laughs> there are dozens of other books with really cool toy tie-ins. What is your favorite? 
I knew my answer immediately. Yeah, got I'm mine. sure it's the same as Matt's. Mm. And, uh, uh, might be shocked. Might be shocked. We'll see. Mm, yeah, all right. We'll uh, battle of the Planets. I know you're a huge fan of those Top Cow Battle of the Planets comics. Uh, well, the old school like Battle of the Planets I loved. <laughs> so, But no, <laughs> that's not my answer. We'll do it again next week. We'll be here this Saturday. Thank you to everybody that came in and was cool and got on and followed the rules on Slack. You guys did a great job. Pardon me, on Slack. On Zoom, you did a great job. You can still call in, 402-819-4894. Send us an MP3 to twitternerd at gmail. And, uh, you know, talk to us on the tweets. Talk to us on the Facebook. We love interacting with you guys. Tweet us up. We look forward to seeing you again next week. But for now, my name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off.